Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Around the Rim. I'm your host, Michael Diemer, alongside Kevin Plaja once again. This is episode three. It is Friday, February 17th, just before their game on Friday night. It is against the Green Bay Phoenix. And Kevin, say hello to the wonderful people on for Around the Rim. That's right. I am here. Hi, everyone. We are back. Episode three, the flagship Robert Morris women's basketball podcast. Can't believe we've done three episodes already, but things are winding down, Michael. We only have four games to go after, well, after tonight, I guess. Well, three games to go after tonight, four as we're recording this. That's, that is absolutely correct. We do have a lot to recap along alongside the the two games that have already been played. That was on Thursday and Saturday this past week. Uh, on Thursday, they played against the Trent Mercy, which we thought would be a pretty easy victory. We thought well, their only win against their own or the only game that they the, the Titans have won in Horizon League play was against the Colonials. So we thought they were going to have a really good revenge game, but it was a sixty-one to fifty-five loss at the Event Center on Thursday night. Kevin, what do you like to say about this? I would say shocking loss. Yeah. So I mean, we had we talked about this I think last episode with the Wright State loss and how it was shocking. So I mean. Here we are, once again, recapping last week's action. You know, there were two games, like Michael mentioned, Thursday and Saturday. And I guess, yeah, you would you would call this another another shocking loss, right? With, with Detroit Mercy's only two wins uh, in Horizon League play up to that point yep. against uh, Robert Morris. And, you know, 61 to 55, I don't want to be the dead horse here. Colonial's... The, the offense offense sputtered and like like we talked about before uh just looking at it here real briefly colonials went four of 19 from three that is 21.1 percent but you know kind of strangely detroit mercy was able to beat the colonials without making a single three they went yep. 0 for eight from three and this is basically the reason why i know we've 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 talked about uh you know injury issues and, and lack of depth on the on the um on the roster, but 50 of the 61 points that Detroit Mercy scored were in the paint. Yep. And uh, that, uh, I feel like I'm stealing this right from Coach B probably, but that is not a winning formula. Uh, when a team can, <laughs> can, can miss every single one of their threes, uh, that's, that's not a recipe, and still beat you. That's, that's uh, not good. Colonials were out-rebounded 45-31. to 31 throughout the contest like we said just just another another reason of why you know it, it hurts not to have bench depth sometimes uh only nine turnovers for the colonials throughout the game compared to 17 for detroit mercy but just just weren't able to capitalize yeah there's the um like you said the rebounding was was definitely a factor in this game phoenix gideon not to interrupt you real quick michael phoenix gideon had another double double i feel like we say that after every game yeah she's been a machine this year and Daniel Vuletic, who you'll hear about a little bit later, uh, she had 15 points and seven rebounds and also three steals. It was a very productive night for her in the box score. In that 61-55 to 55 loss, I guess we would call it a shocker, to Detroit Mercy at home. Yeah, I would definitely say for sure. They, like we said before, they needed size. They are losing size with, with, uh, with two departures with uh, – so Lisa and obviously Paris Kirk losing uh, losing her for the year, mm-hmm. but forty five to thirty one is definitely not something you would like to see in the rebounding department. Yep. I don't yeah. think it also was the reason why they like lost either. They 
it looked like the Titans couldn't miss from the from the field goal department. Like you said, well, they did, no. they couldn't make a three. It's but it's also it's you know it's pretty easy. I mean, they shot forty six percent from the floor. It's it's pretty easy to um, <laughs> you have a higher chance of of shooting forty six percent from the floor when nearly all of your shots are inside the paint, right? Yeah. So Emma Trawali Porta, she led all scores for Detroit Mercy. She had twenty two points and nine rebounds, and that's she was super efficient. Nine for ten from the line or from the floor, four for six from the free throw line. Uh, just an ultra efficient night for her. Colonials, well. Detroit Mercy nine for twelve from the free throw line. Colonials just five of nine. Yeah, and uh, like like I was trying to say before, the first quarter it was ten for fifteen for the Titans, and then seven for eleven. So right. those two quarters definitely were I mean, a difference maker. They they were out they were outscored. It was a twenty one to fourteen after the first quarter, yes. and then in the fourth quarter it was twenty two to ten. They were out rebounded or outscored, I should say. So those two quarters were definitely a factor. Two double-figure scorers for the Colonials. It was Daniel Voletich and Phoenix Gideon. Not a lot of offense from from uh, from Mackenzie Amalia. Again, it was two f- another two for seven day and zero for four from three. You need to get her going a little bit. She was she's yes. obviously the leader. It's a young team, obviously, but she's she's definitely the more experienced out of or one of the most experienced on the roster. So you don't you definitely want to get some some impact from her. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I I think I brought up this on last episode but when the threes aren't falling you know you, you have to you have to change it right like do you, you should they, they took 65 shots total the colonials 19 of them were from three-point range right so when you when you see that you're shooting four of 19 from three do you ever want to just abandon the three like obviously you don't want to abandon the three because it, it's it helps you score and for a team that that doesn't average 60 points per game at least up to this point, uh, you 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 know you need ways to score. But sometimes if those threes aren't going in, I feel like you gotta you gotta change it up a little bit. But that's just me. Obviously, that's I'm not a college basketball coach, nor right. do I nor do I want to be. I I just I'm here on the podcast listening listing my I guess my opinion. So, but Colonials, we we do have some positive news though. After this loss, the Colonials, we were we were curious how they were going to do on Saturday. Back at home, back at the UPMC Event Center, the friendly confines. We were curious how they were going to do against Oakland, who is currently, well, at least at the time of recording, six and ten in the conference. You know, a a lower, a a middle to lower half team, and the Horizon League. And we were curious how this game was going to go. And Michael, I don't think any of us expected this, did we? No, absolutely, absolutely not. Going into Saturday night, um, losing to a team uh, who was dead last in the Horizon League. Uh, probably would take some effect on them, maybe in some way. But going into a team against Oakland, uh, obviously a better team mm-hmm. than than obviously Detroit, and also them too. They have a better record than them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But going in it, it was an ab- absolute domination of a win. Beat the Golden Grizzlies seventy four to forty three, a thirty one <laughs> point win yeah, you, at home on yeah. Saturday night. You heard that right, folks. Seventy four to forty three. I I was shocked in the best kind of way when I saw this. It just, they just exploded. They just absolutely exploded. Uh, where, where should we start? I, I mean, 
I guess well the the, the field goal percentages. I guess twenty seven to fifty six from the floor. That's forty eight point two percent. The threes were falling those, though. Those, guess what? Those threes that I just mentioned. You four of nineteen from three against Detroit Mercy. Nine of nineteen here. Yep. Over forty seven percent. Seventy four points against a conference opponent is a lot of points. Definitely. And they had a lot of different people, players helping out. For sure. Four double-figure scores for the Colonials. It was Duomo with 19. That is a career high. We'll, yes. we'll talk about her in a second. Phoenix Gideon with 11. She did not have a double-double like you were like you were saying that she almost did. Had seven, seven, seven rebounds. Seven rebounds. But Duomo, like had seven, eight. Duomo had eight rebounds. I feel like seven rebounds is, is Gideon's minimum. Yeah, for sure. Another 11-point scorer in Mastro. And another 11-point scorer for who else? But Luella Alana, the I, freshman. I would I, – I swear I'm – like way higher on Luella Alana than probably you and, and most people, but I, she is so scrappy. She's so fast. Yeah. I really enjoy the way she plays, and she was everywhere yeah. in this game. She needed she this a, type of game. She had eleven points. She was three for five from the three point line, and she had six assists. Yep. I mean, she had a really nice pass. She split two Oakland defenders inside to Daniel Vulatic. She had an assist to Daniel Vulatic on the three point line. Daniel Vulatic was was making threes. It was her only three of the game, but she's making threes. And for, for someone who, who plays the center position, if you can shoot threes, holy cow. Uh, she had a nice assist to Mackenzie Amalia in the corner, and she was making threes of herself. Like It was just an, a fantastic game from Luella Alana, and obviously a fantastic game from, from everybody. Yep. She also, 74 points. Luella Alana had three steals on the on the day. Oh, I did not notice that. Wow, yes. she was she was everywhere. Yeah, she was everywhere. She needed some type of game like this. You were you yes. were also be, you were also wanting early in uh, early episodes. You were saying that Luella Alana needed a couple of more minutes. She I had did. 30 minutes yeah. off the bench. And listen, I, I that's why I said that. I mean, if you gave her, uh, I'm glad that they gave her more minutes because I mean, if she has the opportunity, I said it before in the previous episodes, if she had the opportunity to play more minutes, I think she would have really, really shined. And that she did. 30 minutes, 11 points. Michael, like you said, six assists, three steals. I mean, that's that's a fantastic stat line for a young guard to have. Absolutely. In a, in a pivotal, I guess pivotal, but I mean, you're looking to rebound off of a, off of a loss like that. And that for a young guard to have a stat line like that is absolutely fantastic. Another one who had a very impressive game, like we mentioned, was... Rebecca Duomo, yes. the one, the woman from England. She yeah. had a career high nineteen points, yes. eight rebounds. A heck of a day for her. We talk about Phoenix Gideon all the time about getting a double double all the time, but Rebecca Duomo getting a career high in in that game against Oakland, a much mm-hmm. needed victory, like we were saying before. And it was her and Charlie Biscaglia talking post game. We'll see how or let's see what they said. Oakland is always tough. They are always tough. Coach Tungate does a great job there. You always know it's going to be a battle. Um, and it's hard to uh, outwork them sometimes, and we did. And, uh, you know, we were not going anywhere, even when we took the lead, uh, to let up. And that's how we extended the lead, by continuing to play free and play hard and get stops. We had a, we had a decision to make to either let the loss from Thursday or yeah, Thursday, like bring us down or bounce back from it. And I feel like as a team, we bounced back. We knew what was at stake and we obviously wanted to win. So we came, we played together and we executed. So That was Rebecca Duomo and Charlie, Coach Charlie Biscaglia talking post game of the game. And Kevin, what do you make of what I guess both of them said, Rebecca Duomo said, that they, they didn't want that loss to back them down a little bit. They wanted to come back with some sort of vengeance. And what do you make of not only the – game but also what Duomo said at post game 
Yeah, so first of all, I think what head coach Charlie Biscalia said was basically what he's been trying to to preach or and and get into his players' heads all season, right? And and you saw the perfect example of that with what I thought was a fantastic quote from from Rebecca Duomo was where we were either going to let this loss take us down and and have us take a step back or we were going to come out and fight and try and get this win. And I mean, that's exactly what Biscalia has preached all season. Like if you you know, I keep, I swear I say this quote every episode, but like knocking on the door can get redundant when you right. continue to fall. But when you keep knocking at the door, eventually you're going to have moments like this. And this is the most complete that we've seen this team play all season. And it's it's something that I'm sure Coach Piscalia has, has been waiting for. I'm sure it's something the players have been, have been waiting for. Because, when, you know, whenever you're up by 20, 25, 30 points on a team, it's just fun. Yeah. You, you can relax. You can loosen up. And you you find those more open looks that you didn't think you'd find because well one you're playing more loose and you're playing faster and you're playing you know your style of basketball but then another thing Oakland was probably just really tired yeah so you were so you, you were so well prepared to take advantage based on what Biscalia has been preaching to his team excuse me and I think Rebecca Duomo has really taken that in stride and hearing a quote like that from a sophomore is absolutely fantastic but Rebecca Duomo. A career high, nineteen points, leading the Colonials to a thirty-one point win. Definitely, and also going back to what Duomo said, having a young sophomore like that say, not only did she, she was sort of humble, also because yeah. you can you can have a nineteen-point career high game and say, oh yeah, I had I had an amazing oh, game or I had an yeah. amazing game, but she said also. That we played as a team. You're saying yes. that they played the best team game all all year. Yes, and, well, she, and that's yeah. something. That's something. Sorry to interrupt you, Michael, but that's something that that also is actually pretty special about this team. That they are incredibly unselfish. At least I think so. Uh, whenever you know we talk to to Phoenix Gideon post game or Rebecca Duelma post game, they're always wanting to to talk about the team and talk yep. about what the others did, and they're always super unselfish. And listen for for a group of excuse me, for a group of sophomores to act like that and then play like that, I mean, that's that's awesome. That's exactly what you want to see out of out of your basketball team. And and those are going to be your future leaders. Yep. Right? So, I mean, those are the, the Phoenix Gideon, Rebecca Duomo, uh, Luella Alana. I mean, those are the, the people that, the players that we're going to be talking about next year yep. on this podcast, right, that are going to be the leaders of this team. So, just just an absolutely, overall, I mean, best game of the season. Yeah, I would. Overall, in, terms of, in terms of, you know, playing basketball in terms of post-game stuff in terms of just unselfishness in terms in terms of everything pretty oh, 100%. much 100 in terms of defense i i it i know it took me like so long to mention the defense but oakland 5 of 26 from three 12 of 51 from the floor that's the defense the yeah. defensive side of the colonials 100 percent agree and everything you're saying also yeah just be it just i guess sends a lot of a lot of waves in into the locker room. Like yes. you could easy, you can easily be selfish all you want about like, oh, I had a great game, or and you could also and yeah, you, and you could also easily like give up after that Detroit Mercy loss. Oh, for sure, yeah, like, that, could, that's also a really good point. You could easily say, oh my goodness, this team that's like three and twenty beat us both times. Yeah, and like, and like I said, that's just going back to Coach Coach Biscalia. He he's never one to shy away from adversity and trying to overcome it. And right here. There we are. So, those were the two games from this, I guess, past week. For and sure. And tonight we've got some more action. Moving, uh, moving forward, and uh, 
moving to also with Duomo, she we're gonna we're gonna say our players of the week. Yes. I, I would guess my obvious answer is Rebecca Duomo. She she had her she had her career game, and also against Detroit Mercy, she 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 didn't have her best game. She had she had five points, but a two for nine day. But also going along going along with the, the the Oakland game, having that also quote at the end saying that they had played the best team game. I just I just think that sends a lot of. Uh, messages in the locker room like I just like I just mentioned earlier she's my player of the week and about you uh Kevin what did you uh who yeah, do you think so your player of the week is Michael I definitely agree with everything you said about uh, Rebecca Duomo my player of the week is going to be Daniel Volutich had the colonial high 15 points in the loss to Detroit Mercy but she also had seven rebounds and three steals which for a center I think is pretty good yep. and in the win over Oakland she had eight points and five rebounds so she's that she's that uh Post player inside that you know has really been taking up the bulk of the minutes with the the lack of of the size, but she is my player of the week. Obviously, you know it's it's hard to pick over Rebecca Duomo, but we're gonna, gonna shed some light on on Daniel Vulitich, who's been racking up the boards and racking up points as of late, especially last week. And uh, going to the as going into the future a little bit, we'll be looking at the next two games for the Colonials. Yep. The one against briefly, briefly previewing the next two games coming up. Yep, against uh, it'll be against Green Bay tomorrow or tonight, I should say. Yep, tonight against uh, the Green Bay Phoenix at the UPMC Event Center. That'll be at home once again at seven o'clock. And uh, Kevin, previewing that game, uh, what do you make of the Colonials' chances? I guess coming off a very uh, impressive win against Oakland, do you think they will go into that game? I guess with that same sort of attitude. Well, I think they have to, and I think they definitely will. Uh, I mean. I'm sure coach has also said, you know, record doesn't matter, whatever winning streak doesn't matter, regardless of who they're playing. Uh, I would, I would like to be wrong again, because the last two times we've, we've been on this podcast. Well, hang on. Let, let me, let me go back real quick before I talk about that. Green Bay, the Green Bay Phoenix are 14 and two in Horizon League conference play. Seven in a row. They're 21 and four overall. And as Michael just mentioned, they are, they have won seven in a row now. They currently sit a half game back of Cleveland State for the Horizon League regular season lead. And, well, I think it goes without saying, the Green Bay Phoenix are a very good basketball team. They are currently contending for the Horizon League regular season championship. They average 67.9 points per game. And, well, they shoot nearly 80% from the free throw line, which is something that the, the Colonials cannot say at least in terms of their their free throw uh, percentages but and now to the part where i've been saying that that i've been wrong twice so i said i think the colonials will beat Wright state i was wrong i think the colonials will beat detroit mercy i was wrong i would like to be wrong again when i say i think this green bay team is too a little bit too good mm-hmm. for robert morris which listen after that oakland game I mean, listen, that's the, be- that's the best game that they've played all year, which the potential was there. The unfortunate thing for them is three of their last four games are against three of the top four teams in the conference. You yeah. Know, Green Bay, Youngstown State, and IUPUI. But Green Bay comes to the UPMC Event Center tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. I'm expecting, excuse me, I'm expecting another nice game out of Phoenix Gideon. Uh, some some inside presence from from Daniel Volatich. And if Luella Alana continues to get more minutes, I think she will continue to thrive 
in the next player up uh, role. But in my opinion, I believe the Phoenix will be too much for the Colonials. What say you, Michael? Um, yeah, I would I would definitely say that the the Green Bay Phoenix. If I would look, they are twenty one and four, and yeah, they're just they're just really good. Yeah, twenty one and four, fourteen and two, and also one of those wins in non conference play early in the year was against none other than Big Ten's Wisconsin. So they oh, beat wow. they they beat them by ten. Wow, and they are nine and two on the road. So it is a very tall task. Yes. Not impossible though. We no, won't, we'll say what, that. Hey, that's why you play the game, that's right? For, that's for why sure. You play the game. But yeah, last time, last yeah. time they played against played against the Colonials, it was a seventy-four to fifty-four, seventy-one to fifty-four decision in favor of the Phoenix. That was at the Crest Center in Green Bay. But it I did it, not know did not know that they beat Wisconsin by ten. That's yeah. very interesting. It's a it is a uh, is a very uh, tall task in front of the Colonials on home court. But you want you want to you want to come off you obviously want to come off that win against Oakland. Oakland is a is not Green Bay, but right. It, but, you but want you to right. You don't want to come yeah. out very. You don't want to come out too flat. Right? Yeah, you want you, to you still. You want to be able to retain that success and and get off to a nice start. And you know what? We'll see what happens. But tonight, seven o'clock p.m. That's why you play the game. You never know what'll happen. And on the next episode, we will be recapping that game as well as. The next one that we're going to discuss real quick for sure like i said it's not impossible for the for the colonials to to uh take get the shocker against them but it's definitely a definitely a very tall task against the in the colonials favor but going on to the next game they will be playing against the milwaukee panthers the milwaukee panthers that will be also at the UPMC event center yep. on sunday february 19th and going into this matchup they, the women's, the, the team is eight and 16 and six and 10 in conference. They've lost their past two games and yes, yeah, sun, Sunday's game. Uh, what do you think of this, uh, game against the Panthers of Milwaukee? I don't know because Milwaukee is also a team that does not average 60 points per game. Just like the Colonials. I think they might actually both be averaging the same exact amount of points. 58.6 to 58.7. So there you go. There you they, go. they both average the pretty much the exact same amount of points. That's why this game is a little bit of a toss-up for me. So Milwaukee has has obviously done better uh, in conference than, than overall play, right? Six of their eight overall wins have come in conference, including a 12-point win over the Colonials at home earlier in the season where Milwaukee had 72 points and the Colonials just 60. So, I mean, w- with the Colonials able, maybe able to spark that offense once again, I think it'll be. I think it'll definitely be a close game. Uh, I think both of these teams are, in general, very defensively oriented. Yep. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a scrappy game. I think. I think it's going to be another one of those things where, after the Green Bay game, you know, if if the Colonials drop that game, it's going to be another. How will we? How will they respond to that loss? Right? Will they? Will they let it knock them down a peg, or will they come back against? Uh, Milwaukee at home in what I believe oh no they have one more home game after this and what would be their uh, penultimate yep. home game of the season but I I think that game Sunday matinee Sunday uh, February 19th 1pm at the UPMC event center I think it regardless I think it's going to be a good one yeah I, I would 100% agree also Milwaukee is 2-10 on on the road they're not too, to uh, to not too uh, fond of road uh, 
road atmospheres. Kind, but of like, kind of like Robert Morris. So it's just going to be interesting to see how they come in. For sure. And uh, also another nugget but probably doesn't make a huge difference, but they lost to Wisconsin earlier in non-conference play. <laughs> they lost them to they lost them 58 to 49. That it's, was on their opening game. It's strange how it all comes full circle. Like yeah, that. for sure. Also, that was that was at home. They played them at home. Hmm. But um, yeah, it just uh, going into the going into the Milwaukee game, the matinee, the just the just coming into that environment. I mean, this is obviously after the Green Bay game, so who knows how, what type of energy they're going to have if right. they if they let's just say they like blow if if Green Bay blows their doors off. And Milwaukee is also facing uh, Youngstown State. Yeah. You know, as we're recording this uh, tonight, the seventeenth at seven p.m. on the road, which is a place that they have not played well on the road. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Milwaukee comes into this game, it's going to be interesting to see how they both come into the game, honestly. But uh, lately, Milwaukee's actually been scoring more points. So they've they had 68 in the lost IUPUI, 71, 62 in a win, uh, 65, and 71. So they've definitely been scoring a lot more, yep. at least compared to what their average says. For sh- for sure. It is a – we're starting to get into nitty-gritty time. It's mid-February. It's almost March. Yeah, all, for we've sure. We've almost made it. Like, yep. I can't believe it. They're at, not counting – well, I guess counting tonight – there are four games left. Yes, and then it the season's over. And then That's two, crazy. and then two games left after that. It will be against IUPUI in Indianapolis, but that will be, it will be yeah against IUPUI in Indianapolis, well, right. and then Youngstown State. That will be for another episode following, yep. following those two games like we were just mentioned, Green Bay and Milwaukee. Yep, they but have IUPUI and Youngstown State to close out the year, and then Horizon League tournament play. But that yep. is way too far in the future for <laughs> this episode. We'll see you next time after those two games against the Wisconsin teams who played against Milwaukee both times. But anyway, that will be it from us. Uh, For Kevin Plotcher, I am Michael Deemer. So long, everybody, and thank you for listening.